Welcome back, X's and T podcast fans. It is Danny here. Back at it again with another episode, you guys. I just have so much gratitude. I have so many people to thank just for reaching out, for wanting to share your stories. And it really does mean a lot. And and I love getting the feedback from, you know, what people thought about other people's stories. I love hearing that too. So thank you again. Today, you guys, we are going to be talking again <laughs> about Worldwide Dream Builders and Amway. I have to say that there is never going to be a shortage of stories ever, because even though you guys have heard one story, you may have heard two. You guys, they're each individually different. Every single person has a different perspective as to what they went through. And I think it's important for every single story to be told and to be heard. And I feel like every time too, I'm always like, man, I forgot about this. Oh my God, that happened every time. Every single time a new memory is unlocked. I just want to give a quick disclaimer, as I always have to. I'm not here to defame anybody, okay? If you guys want to join worldwide, if you guys want to sell Amway products, like do your thing. I'm not telling you not to. But I do think that these stories are important. And I would highly encourage you to listen to them before making the decision to enter either of these two entities. My beef is mostly with Worldwide Dream Builders. It is mostly with all of these lines of affiliation. Again, I'm going to be speaking on personal experiences. I do have a guest today who will be speaking on their personal experiences, our personal opinions. Again, not here to defame anybody. In fact, we change all of the names purely because we're not here to ruin anybody's lives. I mean, they've ruined our lives enough. I'm, you know, we're not those people. If we were, we'd still be in the organization. Um, with that <laughs> being said as well, Amway allegedly does co-sign what they do. So, do with that information what you will. I personally do not like their products as of my personal opinion. So don't sue me. I can't say that enough. Don't do it. Okay. You guys, I have um, an amazing guest who is actually from my neck of the woods in sort of the Pacific Northwestern area. And this person is actually kind of in a you know, closer, I think, to my upline than anybody I've ever spoken to before. So I'm really excited. I have Hannah with us. And just so you guys know, this is an anonymous person. Her name has been changed. So welcome, Hannah. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. How how did you find this podcast? So I had been out of the organization for a while and every like few months or like six or so I'd kind of like start Googling and just like reading stuff online. And this last time I did that I searched on TikTok instead and I found like a few people like stitching your video I think it was like someone stitched it and then I listened to your like a piece of your story that you had posted and I was like oh that's like exactly what I experienced and I was kind of like I hadn't really thought about it negatively yet and so it was like, you know, I'd read a lot of negative stuff and I was like, I'm glad I'm out, blah, blah, blah. But I was, had still viewed myself kind of as like that quitter mentality. Um, and so I listened to your like stories and then also your stories with your exes and stuff. And I was just drawn to, I was like, wow, maybe I wasn't a cult. Like maybe that wasn't a bad thing. Maybe I wasn't the bad problem here. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, it's okay. Like I feel like everybody's view on on worldwide or whatever MLM they leave, it, it can take time to view it negatively. Um, some people never really do. So however anybody, whether it's you or somebody else, like however you view that is totally okay. Like there's no right or wrong answers. But I'm really glad that you were able to to find this podcast. And again, I can't thank you enough for wanting to come here and share. What is it that really compels you to want to share your story? I think uh, a big part of the reason that I got into worldwide in the first place was the will to help people. I mean, they definitely sold this as your self-help, your betterment. Um, I even remember, you know, them praising this girl for just wanting the association. She didn't even want to build her business, things like that. I think like if I'm able to share my story, then I can actually help people. Whereas I felt very manipulative after as I left, you know, like it was hard for me to make relationships for a long time due to just the way they like taught you to talk to people. Like, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. No, that and that makes a lot of sense too, because they do they get to you because you want to help people. Like that's the goal, right? You want to be people focused. They pitch this incredible dream of like, no, you're going to help so many people. This is the greatest opportunity in the world. Like you couldn't ever find anything better than this. And not only that, not only do you have access to this quote, fantastic organization, you get to offer it to other people. That is exactly how it is, is given. And who's going to say no to that? Come on. It sounds fantastic. 
they found your pain points and it sounded great. I mean, all, all of us who have been in, somebody somewhere told us that this was the greatest thing and we absolutely believed it. So no, it's, hey, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, no, I really do think that sharing your story is going to make a huge difference because every, you know, what's funny is they say this shit in worldwide too. So I apologize, but mm -hmm. I think that every person is going to interpret somebody's story differently. And I think that everybody's going to interpret, it's like somebody's going to find your story and they're going to really relate to it, or they're going to hear uh, maybe Bree's story or Hope's story or Fisher's side of things. Like they're, somebody's going to kind of speak to them specifically. So when you got in, you were 19 years old, right? I was 19 um, in college. So I was in my last semester before I graduated and I was, I was working at a fast food location and just like all hours, like <laughs> I was doing as much as possible. So um, I was grinding at 19. I ended up graduating and like launching like right after graduation. Yeah. So you were really like successful. I mean, for 19 years old, not to say the other 19 year olds aren't successful, but you had it together because you were even living on your own, weren't you? I was fully like moved out into my own place um, in like a little duplex. It wasn't that great of a location, but hey, I, I'm 19. Yeah, you had it together, which is amazing. And to be a college student and be approached by these people, I could imagine that, you know, something about what they said really intrigued you. So did you know the person who sponsored you or who would, I guess, take you, quote, through a process? Did you know them for a long period of time or, or how did you get to know them? Yeah, so I actually met my upline at a Starbucks. So I was on break um, at the fast food place. So I was in my little uniform. They have like a hat. Um, and I looked 12 years old in this hat. Like I straight up did not look like an adult, but I was at my computer sitting down at like one of the bigger tables in the Starbucks that was right across the street from the location. And um, I was studying for a test, I believe. I was like about to take it. Um, and it was like a really busy Starbucks. So I later learned she was probably in between meetings, but she, you know, like needed to sit down. So kind of like started, you know, asking me questions and stuff. And I was like in my customer service, like, you know, so I kind of like chatted with her a little bit. She's like asking me like, oh, like, what do you do for work? Which, you know, she was, she was asking all the questions. Um, and then I was like, oh, like I'm studying right now. Like I'm about to graduate, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, so impressed with that. She's like, wow, like, that's really cool. Like, I can't believe you look so young. And she was like, Hey, like, you know, like, what are you doing next? You know, like, do you have a job lined up? And obviously I was like, no, like I'm still looking into other things. Like I'm definitely trying to get out of, you know, the fast food industry, whatever. And so she was like, Oh, well, like I work at X bank, you know, I like definitely my house and like connections. And, you know, I know like all these people, and she was just like talking really highly about her upline essentially and her job first like i thought this was like related to that bank like i'm like you know um so then she was like just talking about like how she had these connections who had been able to like create their own you know streams of income that were helping businesses grow their impact or like grow their network or whatever the way they phrase everything was so professional. Like she was talking about like adding revenue streams to corporations like Nike and stuff like that. You know, she ended up taking my phone number at that. And then we met like a couple days later. And then I met with her and um, Michaela, her upline a few days later. And then they plugged me into a board plan or like meeting that night I was like I should have known like it was kind of weird to have this oh like there's not that many seats blah blah, blah but then they could get me in like one night but yes they do that oh my yeah they use buzzwords uh buzzwords that that sound really professional of course like oh yeah you must know what you're talking about revenue stream who uses revenue stream or you know, contracting with Fortune 500 companies, again, total buzzwords, which which is funny, they can't say that anymore. At least I've heard allegedly that they can't say that anymore because the partner stores or whatever, because they're just talking about partner stores with Amway. Like they never mentioned that. But yeah, the buzzwords, of course, they're totally. And then you think, oh my gosh, like they use that um, scarcity mindset to get to you, right? There's so like, there's, I, there's limited seats. I don't know if I can get you in. Um, let me make a phone call. Of course, they BS. Oh, I'm calling my upline. 
oh yeah, you know what? We can actually get you a seat. Like they do that. And it's, uh, it's so predatory, but it works, right? It's, it's like you take them seriously. Like they sound like, oh, they're big deal. And they're talking about like the whole time, like this is all based on your mindset. Like they're drawing, you know, their little plan thing out with the people and the money and the why and the, the who they had all these like little equations and stuff. Like, I don't know. I do pride myself on my intelligence, but this was definitely an interesting move on my part, but I was interested in building my network. It, I mean, to some degree it is who, you know, not just what, you know, and so I was interested in finding people who knew things that I didn't know who were places that I haven't been and haven't had access to, you know, I don't want to like say too much, but like I was raised like pretty like in poverty and I definitely watched my parents come out of it. They're comfortably middle-class, but I, when I was young, like we were insecure about that stuff, you know, now granted my dad had graduated college. So again, I do have my privileges, but I definitely watched those struggles and I did not want to experience that. And I am a hard worker. And so I was driven. Like they were like, would you shovel manure for two years? Who would not shovel for manure for two years to get unlimited access to money? Like that's just the dumbest question ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they, they found you at a time too, where you're probably like ready to do anything at that point. I mean, you're in the food industry. You probably hated it. Sounds like you did anyways. And you know, they are like, they knew you were ambitious, any sort of level of like, you're ambitious, they are on that, like you are the prime candidate, because they see you as somebody who's actually going to take it seriously, which is fantastic, because it sounds like you take stuff seriously. I mean, you were in college, you were studying at a Starbucks on your lunch break, like, that shows dedication to what you were doing. And honestly, I would not at all like think about this negatively on your intelligence. You are a very intelligent person. I've gotten to know you. And honestly, like you're so smart. They are just manipulative. And that doesn't mean that the person who is, because I've been manipulated too. That doesn't mean that you lack intelligence. That just means they found an insecurity that they were able to play on. So don't, (laughs) you feel confident knowing that, that it's them, not you for sure. No, I appreciate you saying that. I definitely had a lot going for myself. And unfortunately, I was kind of primed to be taken advantage of in this way. Um, I was raised extremely like religiously and, you know, God bless my parents, but they um, definitely set me up to be like love bombed in this way. You know, Um, I had just moved down to the area like a little like about a year prior and I um so in my senior year of high school had moved to this new area and I was like pretty much by myself like I had family in the area long story short my parents were moving to Hawaii so a shift is happening so I didn't have like a ton of friends like I mean I definitely had like a good you know network of people I was like hanging out with and stuff but I've always felt like oh like I don't have friends I don't have friends I'm actually like stopping saying that I have a ton of friends, but I don't know. It was like a mindset, you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they found you in a time where you were just kind of going through it, whether it was school or your job or whatever it was, you were going through it. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. So uh, my grandma had like passed away, like right before this. And there's just a lot, there was a lot going on in my life at the time. And so I suppose I was just looking for someone or some people to have a community with. I mean, the way that she was talking about her upline was these are my best friends. You know, they've introduced me to so many like amazing, positive things in my life. Like I've been able to, one thing they all would say was I was able to get off antidepressants and things like that. Like they talked so heavily about just the progress that they had made. And it sounded so positive at the time I was not on the antidepressants, but I was consistently stressed out and overwhelmed due to everything going on in my life. So that's dangerous. When I, when we were talking, I was like, yeah, I heard somebody say this and I told you who it was. And you're like, that was my upline. I was like, okay. So your upline is again, we have changed all of their names, but we're going to call them Devin and Raven and Devin and Raven are actually it's really interesting how their business is connected some way to the line of sponsorship I was in. So again, I was sponsored um, into John and Barbara's business. Um, John and Barbara were that were sponsored by their son. I don't have a name for him and his wife. Raven is their daughter. Their daughter moved from uh, John and Barbara's business, married a cross line, 
she is now in this cross lines business. So that is how I am sort of weirdly connected to her organization. But yes, that was one of the first things in a night owl at family reunion when I was taken over to Raven was that's what she said. And I I can remember thinking like, oh, that's amazing. But looking back, I'm like, how dangerous is that? These are not counselors. These are not professionals. Who are you to tell anybody that because of this organization, you were able to get off a medication that you may still need to this day? I have a lot of thoughts really fast because the part about like, these are not counselors. Like they always talked about having to earn their way on a stage and earn all these things. But most of them didn't have degrees. And I mean, the few that happen to have been successful and their businesses and stuff, like they definitely focused on, oh, but they're leaving all that behind to build this business or like they've, you know, like the one pharmacy guy, like had all these pharmacies, he was fine to keep them open and keep that income. But like other people had to close their businesses, stuff like that. Yeah. And then the other piece is that like Raven moving into Devin's business always confused me because, you know, why would they make someone who built the business and more successfully, I'm pretty sure she had a bigger business at the time, but I wasn't in, so I don't know. I could be wrong, but why would she have to leave the people that she had become friends with to join somebody else's you know, and supposedly they're her best friends, but now they're her cross line and she's no longer involved in their development or whatever. It's like, what's happening to that relationship then? You know, like, how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, what's really interesting. They always do it to the women. When women, when, when cross line, which is really funny because they say don't cross line, right? But then there's, oh, but you can cross line, but you have to counsel up first. We all have to be in agreement together that you guys can date, but it's like, don't cross line. So like, how do you, how do you do that? It, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's hypocritical is what it is, but they always do it to the women. The women have to drop their business to go into to sign with the the husband's business and um that's really sad and that diminishes all of the hard work that she had she was a single she was probably at the time praised as a single and then as soon as she gets a husband it's him who did all of the work she just supported him like they somehow changed the narrative yes and the supported him thing is so crazy because they would talk so highly of Devin and all of these things that he had done and then they would talk about Raven controlling his calendar and booking all of his meetings and making sure that it's up to date and like making sure that he has time for every little thing. And it's like, okay, so who actually did the work? Because it sounds like she has a way harder job. Like, first of all, my job, like I won't say too much about it, but I'm essentially an executive secretary to like salespeople. And that is a hard, like, there is so much that goes into it. And I am paid a lot of money to do that. And like, she's just chilling with her two boys, probably has a limit on the debit card that she can spend. Like, I don't know. You're, you're right. Absolutely. Devin and Raven, such an interesting, interesting couple, because Devin's story kind of frustrates me. And the only reason it does is because he was like the poster child for it doesn't matter Yale or jail, right? They would always say that it doesn't matter where you're from, you can join this business and it can change you. And my upline would point out Devin and be like, okay, we know your ex-boyfriend is a felon and he's coming out of prison, but, and even though he abused you, he can come into this organization and he can change. They would use Devin as an example. So would you mind telling us a little bit about Devin and, and Raven's stories? And those are like the things that you had heard from them. And maybe like, what is it that you were, that they had said that really made you want to join the business? And then now looking back, what are some things that you're like, that's horrible? Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk about like my first couple plans, you know, when it was really like new and I was just writing everything down and really like getting into it. Um, they, a lot of it would focus on success pro principles and, you know, moving business forward. And, you know, this stuff can apply to any part of life. This stuff can be applied to your job. This stuff can be applied to your relationships. So when I was in, there was a setup process. I did read a book um, and, you know, like, I think there was a couple books that I had to read before I like got launched. I think it was two or three. Um, The first two were pretty short. And then I think the third one was like the compound effect. Just like a little bit longer, 
Good book, though. I will say it's a solid book. <laughs> I still quote that one a lot. So when I was in this meeting for the first time and everyone's like sitting in like full business professional, you know, like I was kind of just drawn into how everyone talked to each other, talked about each other. We're just so positive. The energy in the room was so positive. Like I later learned toxically positive, but everyone seemed to be loving it. You know, they had a section where they would like, be like, you know, I don't think this was at my first meeting, but down the line, they would have people stand up like who, if you've been helped positively financially in this business, like, please stand up. And at one point I even stood up for that, but it's like, they've convinced you that spending all this money on products like hundreds of thousands of dollars not hundreds of thousands but like hundreds and thousands of dollars on these products and it's oh building your business it's your investment it's like what you can do a lot of the principles that they started with ended up being way more manipulative and applied way more toxically than they let on in the beginning. You know, they really prime you for each step of the process. They even tell you they're doing it. Like, oh, you're earning this information. You're earning this information. Uh, Just so you know, if you're in this process, that is not how a business works. They tell you upfront what you're getting into and let you know. So even though you're not signing any docs in this process or anything, that is a manipulation tactic and not ethical. They should be explained. I didn't know it was Amway until I was already like so involved in this process. Like it was like my budget meeting pretty much that they like told me it was Amway. And like, that's like one of the last steps in the process. Just if you can get your mind, I was around this organization for almost three months before they told me it was Amway. So, and I was stupid because my parents were like, this sounds like an MLM, but I was like, coming back to religion so they were kind of happy about that so my parents were against it but they also were kind of like maybe it's not so bad um yeah when they learned it was Amway they were like I told you so but then (laughs) they wouldn't really buy stuff because my mom's super frugal they kind of would tell okay so I actually want to point out something that you're saying so what's interesting is they would tell us this is how all businesses conduct their interviews. That's not true. You're absolutely right. A business that is like an actual functioning business, a legitimate moral business is going to tell you what your expectations are up front. They're going to tell you what position you're applying for. They're going to tell you what they expect of you. And they're going to say, we're going to continue this process because you're going to meet our, you know, sales manager. You're going to meet our, and you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They gave me Devin's name, but they didn't really want to give me like a last name. Like it was kind of weird. They're like, they did end up giving me the last name because I asked him, but you could just tell he's like, whatever it was. And then it was just like, oh, you can Google him, but like, you know, remember, like, keep your mind open or whatever. And I did Google. Um, so he did have a criminal record, but I wasn't able to really like, I didn't know who I was looking for, you know, when I first started Googling. So I didn't know. Um, and then when we got into the board plan, he addressed every single meeting, he addressed his story. So um, as if to give clarity, I suppose, of like, I'm not a criminal. I'm not like that. Fun fact. So I'll, I'll go into his story a little bit. He, and he would say this very publicly. So he said that he got really drunk and was taking sleeping pills and went to his girlfriend's house or what he believed was his girlfriend's apartment. And it was like a floor down and like walked into this guy's apartment and obviously, like, this guy's going to be mad, you know? So, like, the guy, like, like started getting mad at or, like, telling him to leave or whatever. And Devin felt like he was, you know, cheating with his girlfriend or something in his drunken stupor. And I guess, like, be started beating up this guy. Um, Devin was a wrestler. He was very, like, I don't think pro, but, like, high school and college wrestler he ended up getting kicked off the team because of this incident so he was very strong when he was beating this guy so even though he made it seem like it was an equal fight I highly doubt that's the case maybe it wasn't the under like allegedly maybe maybe, you know it's kind of interesting it would be a neighbor you didn't know it's kind of weird yeah 
one, I think he's over-exaggerating the story to try to make himself look better than he is to be like, oh, I, I can admit that I did this. However, I have since changed. They all did that. They all would one way or another exaggerate their stories. Remember the club owner would be like, I was homeless for two weeks. Oh, you were you couch surf for two weeks, my guy. Congratulations. You've really been reformed. He on, would talk about like smoking um, too. And it was like ridiculous. Yeah. He was like, at the end of it, like, because he would always exaggerate. And I remember, like, sometimes he would say, like, oh, like, I would take, like, five hits before I left or whatever. But then I remember sometimes he was saying, like, 10 to 15. Yeah, that I, I really do. I do think that there is a level of just the way that they say it. But that was his story. So he would say, like, you know, like, I was young and dumb, and I had all this testosterone, I, I didn't have a dad, I wasn't raised with a dad, he would always talk about that, and just, like, like, all these excuses, basically, even the way that he phrased the guy, like, even if it was a random dude's house, you know, he would say, like, the way that he would phrase the, the interaction, it was, like, the guy coming at him, dude, you're breaking and entering, I would come at you with a gun, like, yeah. go away, <laughs> Like my husband right now would definitely have been coming at you with a gun. So like, you're lucky all they did was fight if it was a stranger. Yeah, I, I don't believe his story. Not for two seconds do I believe his story. I think that there's a lot of things that they use in his story, like the fact that he was he was in jail and that he is now a supposed millionaire is what they would have you believe. That's what frustrates yeah. me about that. <laughs> Um, but what about, what about Raven? What was she, what was her story? And what was she like, I guess, before the business? Raven was an, what I believe to be like an amazing woman. Like I really connected with her. She was such a free spirit. Um, and before the business, like when she would talk about her time, I actually heard her give the plan a couple of times, um, which was pretty uncommon. It was typically the men who would give the talks and even like single women wouldn't really give the talks, but every once in a while wasn't able to be there. So she would kind of step up and she talked about her life before she was living in a van for a little bit. She had a, I, like would seem like a ton of support from her family. So John and Barbara, right? Um, yeah. You know, her brother, I think her brother is the one that ended up introducing her to the business. So um, yes. he, you know, was going and she said like, she was just like smoking all the time and like living in a van and just being like free to the wind. But like, if you're living in a van, like you, she was working, she was working, like she wasn't just doing nothing. She just talked so negatively of herself during that time. Even showed like a picture once of her like on a skateboard, just looking like she was chilling, you know, like it didn't look bad, but she was like, oh, like this is how I would act or like, I can't believe I like portrayed myself like this. Yeah. She would like talk about like being stoned, like the first time she heard the talk and stuff and then say like, oh, like I've changed so much, like you know, like, I don't feel like I need that to feel good. Like, I love my life now, blah, blah, blah. Like, she'd always talk about that. So it sounded like she really just wanted freedom in her life. And that was for her sticking point. She talked about it a lot of just, like, wanting to be able to have a life that, like, she chose. But from my understanding, she doesn't really choose much of anything that they do. So, yeah. And that's, I Yeah. I, that was kind of what we heard about her too, because of course she was daughter to my upline and sister to my upline. So we did hear a lot about her and her story. And I think you're right. She absolutely sounded like somebody who, you know, just lived her life. Maybe, you know, maybe they don't view it as the most successful, but she was young. Like she could have gone any which direction and somehow, some way, this was the best thing for her. Um, of course, I can't speak to her as a person because I really didn't get to know her. But the the one thing I do remember her saying for the first time when I was introduced to her was that she got off antidepressants. And um, that really stuck with me. And and I, it stuck with me in a way that I thought was good now that I realized was, was really bad. Um, and after getting to know these people, I'm sure you had just at least some period of time where you were pretty happy. What did, what did your honeymoon phase look like? So... One thing I'll say with Raven too is like she definitely was like a, a very positive light of a person. Like she believed what she was doing was good. But it kind of comes back to that they aren't counselors, they don't have degrees. 
but and some of our one-on-ones like it very much like teetered into therapy and that's like this thing like they always talk about earning these relationships earning these times on stage but they don't actually do anything other than manipulate enough people and so it's kind of crazy to me I don't know some of their habits are good like they would have you read for a certain amount of time and like pour into yourself every day like those are solid traits but they would do it so excessively and so toxically that when I left, I like genuinely didn't want to do anything for months to work on myself. Like I was like, I'm not setting goals. Like I'm not talking about this stuff. Like, so it's just kind of crazy, like how much that goes into, but my honeymoon phase, I thought a lot about this question and I would truly say like, because my transition to viewing it negatively took so long. I feel like it really was like the whole time. There were a lot of moments at the end when I started getting out that broke like the friendship crystals that I was seeing, you know, like that rose colored glass. I started getting really sick at the end just due to like chronic illness and how much stress and and activity I was under and how little sleep I was getting and the horrible nutrition they had me on because I was on like a million vitamins and then also like only eating protein bars and popcorn so like not a great diet and uh, it's crazy like they increased my budget by hundreds of dollars and decreased my grocery budget by like so much money and that should have been such a red flag for me but I was already in by that point like I the budget meeting was before you launch but I was already in at that point to be an adult and have someone tell you how to spend your money and stuff like that like outside of like maybe your spouse definitely agree on that with them but like you don't earn this money like ma'am you are not me like unless you are me or my spouse like do not tell me how to spend money but yeah so unfortunately my honeymoon phase it take took a long time to get out of I think I got out of it when I like actually stopped going to meetings and stuff but I viewed myself as a quitter for a long time afterwards so I don't know (laughs) it's hard to say it's hard you know kind of going back to what you were saying as far as like they're not counselors but they're also telling you what you're what to do um and the fact that they they limited your grocery budget is very very sad and frustrating and they would do that though that checks out i mean they would say just consume your products only buy from your store don't like you don't need to even go to the grocery store like they, and then they would have platinums come on stage and be like we lived off of bars until we you know went platinum or whatever and that's not healthy that's not good and have you ever eaten one of those bars your mouth definitely fucking hurt afterwards like you're it's a surprise i didn't fucking have teeth come out from those stupid things and the popcorn and i didn't eat fucking tortilla chips forever after that i actually hated the tortilla chips i would not eat those i'm like picky with my tortilla chips anyway i'm like no those things tasted so bad i refused to eat them and the frito thing yeah they were bad there was none of it was good i i I tricked myself into liking this stuff the, the popcorn was okay, but I think like excess, for example, I convinced myself that I liked it. Realistically, I was not about it. I liked the, the cherry cola one. That was the only one I think I remotely was interested in. But of course, <sighs> try new ones, like drink new ones, but but have the kind that your upline likes. Have the kind that your upline likes to serve on your upline. Make sure you have theirs on. And my upline liked the stupid grape ones. I hated the grape ones. Those are nasty. Why can't the, yeah, why can't your upline afford it also if you're making them so much money? Like, that's the other thing is I always thought it was weird. Like, they would be giving gifts to, like, Raven and Devin. And they would be doing, like, all of this stuff. And I was like, they're supposedly earning, a hundred, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars more than you guys annually. Why are you doing this? You know, if they're helping people, where? Where is the help? Why are you not helping your best friends? Why are your best friends living in poverty while you are, like, going out? And as I've, like, increased, so I was working in a fast food place when I first met them. Um, I ended up, like, leaving that job and then, like, interviewing and getting a job at, like, a corporate environment shortly thereafter. They would always, like, take credit for that. And, like, I would kind of give them credit, too. And be like, oh, like it was their connection that got me in. But like they didn't, it was not their connection. Like my direct uplines didn't really know um, anything about this corporation outside of like there are people in it that are still in worldwide. Or at least I don't know if they're still in worldwide, but we're in worldwide at the time. Yeah. Saying all that, like they definitely maybe helped me interview. But 
I had gotten the majority of jobs I interviewed previous to that. Like I was going places like, I don't know, maybe they helped me interview, but maybe also I can give myself credit for that one. Oh, definitely. I think you did more of the work than they did. And you're right. Like, where is the help? And you know, what's what's funny is you said something that really like, just, I, I was really brought back, as you said, they're supposed to be your best friends. And you're like, I hardly ever hung out with these people. And I was, and I was like, Oh, my God, the only times I ever got to hang out with them was for business specific things. We would go to what we call what we have in Oregon, we had a street of dreams where we would go and look at all these houses. That's where we would go to hang out or we would we would go to a, a house opening and we go with go look like dream building is what they would say we would go. We, that's what we would do. That's the only hanging out or you had to earn their time. They would only hang out with people who were, quote, building the business. They didn't have time for you outside of that. And um, like you bringing that up was such a good point. Did you ever have really an opportunity to hang out with your upline outside? No, not really. So like you said, there was like dream building activities. So my upline that introduced me, we'll call her Lisa. She was so great. She had like a lot of tattoos, very fun, but I mean, also not great because she manipulated me a lot, but like genuinely, like I thought of her as like a good person, like friendly, but she lived like pretty far away from me in Oregon. Um, And I was living in Washington, but when, like when we had met, we met in Oregon due to like me having like worked in both places. So it was like, they, I didn't ever really hang out with her one-on-one. Like I, it was like only business stuff with her. And like, that wasn't on purpose. It was just like, I guess both of us busy. She had kids, stuff like that. With Michaela, her, like my upline that actually took me through the process. We hung out like a couple of times but it was always like dream building or like building the business. And I was very gung ho about this business when I first started. Um, I think I started bringing people around before I launched. Uh, I was like, I thought that I was helping people. I thought that this was like the most amazing organization. I thought it was bringing people together. Like they always talk about like a 1% divorce rate, which yeah, because they kick everyone who gets divorced out, but whatever. Yeah. And then they just don't count it. Like if one person stays in and not the other person, it's not a divorce or something. I don't really understand, but no, literally it's insane. I feel like they just make up a lot of their positives about the business because once you're, I'm, it goes back to me standing up with like, oh, if you've been positively impacted, like once you're so ingrained and manipulated and like brainwashed into this organization, everything positive you do is because of them and everything negative that you do is because you're bad. And um, no offense to people who like believe in God and like follow that, but it was in my same experience that same thing like when you're good like thank god and when you're bad like you're a sinner and a devil like okay so actually what you kind of sparked in a memory uh i remember one of the things that they also that they used to do like you said they they talk about things and they're very toxic and they're positive and they they like to exaggerate um i remember taylor the club owner who was also in your upline he would always say at the beginning of things we project that we are going to retire 20 to 30 people this year or he would say stand up if you are in the one percent of the north american market all that meant was eagles and above stand up that's all that fucking meant and they're not in the top one percent that's that's not how that works and they would never know if they were going to actually retire 20 to 30 people they never actually did i saw maybe like in my course of three years i saw maybe like three people leave their jobs and one of them actually, which is funny because he's also in our upline, I heard allegedly he got a job and he was a CPA accountant and owned car dealerships before he got in the business. If you know who I'm talking about, y'all know who I'm talking about. He's bald. <laughs> so yeah, apparently yeah. he had to get a job. So, but he got it because he was bored. That was fun to learn about. But uh, but no, they exaggerated a lot of those things. And a lot of those things were like, no, I feel like I can get there. I feel like I can get that. But then later on, you're like, no, they didn't retire 20 to 30 people, or they may have gotten like they they take credit for getting me a better job. So yeah, I absolutely was the person who stood up and was like, Yeah, they've helped me financially. You have a better job, you're in a better financial standing. No, the fuck I was not. I had one job and I was doing two side hustles. By the time I left, I had three jobs and I was doing side hustles and I had a brand new baby. That's not being in a better financial standing. I was in fucking debt when I left. Well, actually, okay, truth be told, I was not in debt, but I did, I had, I was debt free when I got into the business and I had 10K in the bank. I'm not ashamed to say that. I am ashamed to say that they took that money like that. It was gone because they would say, invest it in your business. You're investing it in yourself. 
all I was doing was giving it to Amway. And quick question, was there any point in time where they went over in detail about the fact that allegedly Platinums and above get paid on the training tools? No. And when you said that, that blew my mind because I am like 99% sure they said that they explicitly don't get paid on it. But I, like, I'm like vividly remembering them being like, you know, like all these speakers, like they don't get paid, blah, blah, blah. And you're assuming if they're not getting paid there, then that would also transfer to audio, like send outs. But what? Like that's like crazy. That's another piece of the manipulation. As long as it's technically true, it's fine in their eyes. And they would even say like, um, I know someone else on your podcast mentioned this, but about the, oh, like we legally have to show you this document, but I can say we all make more than this, blah, 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 blah. It's like, how is that not literally illegal and what they are saying not to do? Like how, like that's not circumventing the rules. Like, and you could talk about your experience if they were telling the truth. I don't know, at the bonus times, they were like, oh, we got like a $30,000 loan, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, I'm, my job, I get over like almost a $20,000 bonus in the corporate world, like, that's normal. That's like a lot of companies do that. And the way that they talked about this bonus was like, oh, like, that's just like a little extra. But like, no, that was like the majority of their earnings were in these two bonus periods. And that's like not how they presented it. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so, uh, absolutely. They would do that. And, um, I think you're right. I, I think that, you know, uh, people who are in your industry, they, they're like, oh yeah, no, like this happens. Like, and they pretend like it doesn't happen in any other place, but this, and it's uh, kind of to touch back on the, the getting paid aspect. And I think I sent you the audio. At the end of every Worldwide Dream Builder audio, you guys, it was right under our fucking noses. It says that the the income portrayed might not be just Amway. It could come from the sale of business tools or outside investments. They always say we don't have any outside investments. In fact, I was listening to an old audio where somebody said, "You guys are you guys are listening to someone who retired at twenty five and ha has no outside investments." bullshit because respectfully the tools in my humble opinion are an outside fucking investment you're getting money from something outside of amway you are trying to tell your ibos that you're getting all of this money just from amway and never ever did they ever talk about the fact that at platinum and above you're allegedly getting money and i feel like i don't even have to say allegedly anymore i'm going to but the <laughs> disclaimer at the end of the fucking audios states it right there and when I was in, they yeah. sped it up. There were just words at the end of an audio. Usually there was a bunch of clapping and I'd end the audio even before, like at the clapping part. I wouldn't even listen to the end. How many people actually listen to the fucking end of their audios? And even if they did, who's questioning it? Like no one's thinking like, oh shit, that's where most of their money allegedly is coming from. Sorry, I get yeah. really passionate and like angry about that. But these are all really big red flags. And and I know you said oh, your honeymoon phase was kind of the, the length of your time in the business. But now looking back, what are some red flags that you're like, oh, and I know we've been talking quite a bit about them, but things that stand out to you that you're like, no, like this was a big red flag. I mean, I guess like pretty much everything they did now, like looking back, I'm just like, wow, why did I believe that? But at the time, I think I was just looking for friendship, you know, and they, they were like supposedly very good friends. Like, it was like a positive force in my life. I don't know. They would talk a lot about just, you know, it's not really the business. Like, you know, I'm just in it to get a positive association and get around people who like make so much money. And like, I just want to learn like all this stuff. They really focused on education. But then when I got accepted to, you know, my top university that I wanted to go to, they encouraged me not to. And I, I ended up not going, you know, um, for financial reasons, but also heavily encouraged by them. And had it not been encouraged by them, like I likely would have gone above and beyond to figure out that financial situation, you know, or maybe just gone into debt because school debt is not that big of a deal. Like they were yes. so negative on all these things. Um, I think that's another red flag. They really talked about like, oh, I have a degree, but like education is like nothing like who needs like education but then they wanted to be like mentored by people like the like in this business and stuff I don't know I feel like those are very contradictory like why do you not want someone to get a solid 
you know, preference before you listen to them. Now, granted, our current education system means a lot of reform, especially in the universities. In general, no, like having a degree is a good thing. And to think that at one point, I was like, just believing people who said like, oh, like, you don't need that or like, it that doesn't matter for your future. I mean, I'm really lucky that maybe for me specifically, it's not going to be that big of a deterrent in my future. But that was horrible advice that, to give a 19 year old. That was horrible advice. Feel ashamed for taking yeah. it, but I, I shouldn't because ultimately, yeah. I was, at that point when I got accepted and everything, I was very heavily manipulated. And I'm fortunate yeah. that I did already have like a, a degree of some sort. So. Right. And that's okay, too. You know, what's funny is you kind of sparked something that I was going to say earlier, but you're right. When it comes to them being on stage, that's the you're right. The only reason that they are able to get to that level is manipulation, manipulating people. All they did was talk to a bunch of people who talked to a bunch of people who talked to a bunch of people. They want to say, oh, you don't become a leader until you're ready. Like one day it's just going to happen. You have it's a compound effect. Like you do all these good habits and then boom, you explode overnight or you're reading all this stuff. And it's like it, all it is, is you're on stage. You're able to be speaking the way that they want want you to because you're so brainwashed. All you did was manipulate people to get there. You're absolutely right when you said that. And you're right. A lot of them, they speak so, they shit on college. I remember having somebody in the process who was in college and was like, I don't want to do this. I want to finish college. It is a dream of mine. And I'm so glad he left because you're right. He needed that and he should have been going and it was shit advice. They would always say there's no such thing as good debt. Respectfully, that's bullshit. That's horrible advice because then I left there the club owner would always say if I could have a credit score of zero I I would I'd no credit cards no nothing they would tell you do not go into quote debt for anything pay cash for it when I left I had a pretty shitty credit score I did not have a good credit score which you know what that means a lot of bad things it doesn't mean I mean it meant at the time I couldn't do a lot of things yeah and that's the other thing is like in this life like you can't not have a credit score like that is horrible advice even like I guess if you're paying cash for everything like maybe you don't need one but that's crazy um I'm sorry that's happening to you I was kind of fortunate because I've always been very finance driven and I love like numbers and budgeting and I've always been very save save forward so I had paid off, like by the time I met them, I had paid off like two cars already. And I had like two credit cards that I was using like in good order. And my credit score has always been like very healthy. Actually, my husband and I just bought a house. So we're like, I'm super fortunate to have not really like fallen into like debt. But they did encourage me to open a credit card that was actually connected to Amway. And the only point or like benefit from it was it would give you like Amway points. That was horrible advice. And once again, I have closed that card since and it actually bumped my score up when I closed it because my health or my age got older. But because it was like my youngest card, but like my other two cards are great in rewards. Like, you know. And I could have opened like a discover card or, you know, something that would give me mileage, like, I don't know, anywhere, like with anything. And instead I opened an Amway point card that wasn't even giving you that many Amway points. Like it was kind of horrible. It's very just interesting of like how much, like when they sell you a dream, like they, and they even say like, we're selling you a dream. We're giving people hope for the future, for their lives and blah, blah, blah. And it's like all these little pieces of, reality or good if they're not overdone in excess so for one point of like reading every day and bettering yourself that's an amazing thing to do but you should be allowed to read for fun as well as reading like a self-help book or a business-minded book or something you know they sold me a dream and I had such a big dream when I entered them I you know at first I was like, Hey, like, I just want a peaceful life. And then I started dreaming really big of like, no, like I want to like retire people with my family. Like I want to retire. Like I want to do all this stuff. And it wasn't reality. And I think like when I got out, they ultimately stole my dream because I like didn't want to do anything, you know, like I didn't want to set goals. I didn't want to move forward. And I, you know, in my nature, luckily, like I did still do really hard work at my job and I was still able to move forward in my life. But that's a testament to me ultimately, because it was really hard to overcome that for a long time of feeling like, holy crap, if I set a goal, then I have to do it. Like I have to do it. And it's like, yeah, that's exhausting to feel like, like, if you don't, like you're a failure, failure, like you're 
completely unworthy, blah, blah, blah. And that goes yes. into like feeling like that for a long time, obviously, but they definitely enhance they did. that. Yeah, they do. They really do. And it makes me really sad that they do that to people because I can I can truthfully say it wasn't maybe until like last year when I went through therapy that I got out of that mindset because I I have a healthy relationship with my family, my friends. Like I even get to meet amazing people here. Like this is how we get to help people. We don't have to rely on worldwide anywhere. We don't have to like manipulate people. We can quite literally share our stories and it means something because in worldwide we were silenced. We weren't allowed to speak because we were not brainwashed enough. We didn't manipulate enough people yet. And it just continued up the line. I will say like, I... I know I said, like, I'm ashamed of some of these choices, but ultimately I'm not ashamed of where I am in life. Like I, you know, I work very hard and I'm going to continue to do so. I think I should separate myself from some of these choices ultimately because they were my choice at the time. But when you look at the greater picture of like everything going on in my life and having you know so much faith so much hope like I don't know like I shouldn't have been sold that type of dream you know um I was looking to these people to be mentors in business and in life and they were giving horrible advice and I and and then they were manipulating you and saying oh well you're gonna go to your parents who are divorced which my parents aren't divorced so yes but (laughs) But um, you're going to go to your dad who's been working the same job at X, Y, and Z. And like, yeah, okay, no, actually, like, my dad works really hard and takes raises and stuff. Like, he got himself out of the ghetto of Portland to being living middle class in Hawaii. Like, that is crazy, you know? And my relationship with my parents is a fun one. (laughs) Funny. But I will say, like, they are hard workers. They did instill that in me. And, you know it sucks to say like this organization really hurt my relationship with them for a while. And yeah, you're right. They're trying to say they're setting you up for success. They're setting you up to do this, but I did buy my cars in cash already. Why am I spending a hundred hundreds of dollars on your products that I don't like? Okay. I will say I did like some of the hair care products, some of the skincare products, but they were so expensive. Yeah. They were definitely. I mean, I, I think everything that you said is totally valid and, and it's true. Like, even if you have a complicated relationship with your parents, I, Hey, the number one person here, I do not have a relationship with my mother period. And they try to say that everybody can do this. And I don't personally believe that, but you're right. It's, it's, the things that they tell us to do, they manipulated us into all of that. So no, I totally agree. Definitely like separate yourself from that because I feel like that was not the actual Hannah. That was worldwide Hannah, the same way that I had worldwide Danny. Like I'm not proud of the things that I did when I was in worldwide too. Say like the relational piece with it too was so important to me. And it's kind of funny because it really made it hard. Like I kind of mentioned this earlier, it really made it hard to make friends for a while because when I realized, um, so I'm, I also mentioned this earlier, of like I was getting sick when I got out and I like by getting sick, I was experiencing a chronic illness where I puke a lot, like randomly with different triggers. And this puking can last like a day or it can last like a week to a month, you know, and it's like every day, like you're just like constantly puking, you can't keep anything down. In between episodes, I'm relatively normal. I was having like all of these episodes and I'd always shown signs of this like growing up and stuff, but I had never had like a full blown episode the way that I did when I was in this business. And they like didn't really care. Like they kind of didn't really message me. I was still sending Kate's, they call them. They like very like didn't respond. And then I remember like I stopped listening to my stuff for a while and like a couple weeks and she finally messaged me and was just like asking about the business or like, oh, like, are you okay? Like, why aren't you building the business anymore? And I was like, oh, like, I'm like, I told you, like, I'm not feeling good. Like I'm puking, blah, blah. She's like, oh, like still like weeks later, I'm like, yeah, I'm like going to the ER, like once a week almost to get fluids because I can't keep it down without an IV and she like offered I think like half-heartedly offered like oh like maybe after work I can drive you up something and I was like no worries like you know I had my grandma luckily was like there to kind of help but I mean it's crazy like they just didn't care about me 
and they just cared about their business and it and just teetered off from there and then they said things like oh like you know you haven't been reaching out you haven't been building the business like you said they'd always like only make time for you if you had time for the business and I've had to relearn relationships you know it relearn how to make friends relearn how to just be happy for people and not you know like allow people to just relax like non-judge people for having a good time. And if you're any of my friends listening to this, I'm not judging you. I'm judging myself. But like, I I really had to like, just be happy with people. And it took me a really like, it's like been this year that I feel like I've finally been a little bit successful in making some of some progress in built like rebuilding relationships. And I have amazing friends. I have amazing friends in Washington that I've had for a long time. I have amazing friends here. I have some that even made it through the business with me <laughs> like not that they were in the business but they watched from afar <laughs> yeah yeah judge me too hard <laughs> yeah no I I totally agree um and that's true I think you're speaking to something that is something we don't really talk a lot about here and I think we should that yes being I guess quote normal and I don't say normal to to sound derogatory I know that you know Whenever I talk about neurodivergence, we all know that I know that there is no normalcy. But when you're talking about a regular life outside of worldwide, it is hard to kind of go back to that because you're so brainwashed. So when you think about that same aspect of coming out of worldwide, it's hard to develop relationships, especially when you're taught for the longest time that somebody who plays video games is a horrible person. They're lazy. They're awful. Like my significant other, I can't speak enough to how hard he works. Like he works sometimes 16 hour days. He does not sleep very much. He plays video games maybe like once a week. And it's like, that's his thing. That's his hobby. That's his like decompressing from the world. It doesn't ever come before our family, but it was a hard time for me to be like, oh, that's okay. It's just the same thing as me watching like the office or something. Like it's something that helps me decompress from the world. It is hard to overcome that. And um, I think that your vulnerability and talking about that, I really appreciate it because like I said, we haven't talked about that too much. So thank you for bringing that up. I think it's crazy to talk about too, of like, there is a certain level that I was already a hardworking driven person. I was already kind of entrenched in that like capitalistic mindset of like, do, 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 do. But worldwide took it to such an extreme. I know that you're going to post my screenshots of some of my schedules from that time. So I was doing that schedule for months. Uh, My chronic illness is a mitochondrial like defect. It's really weird, (laughs) bizarre. So not something I can totally control, but they make you feel bad when there's things out of your control, you know, and that's where it becomes really toxic you know like I am all for a very like hardworking life I'm all for you know play hard you know work hard play hard but they don't ever get the play they talk about the play all the time they dream about the play but they don't ever get to play and that's the problem that's the burnout there's so many layers of manipulation with like the way that they talk about stuff and And the reason that it did take so long afterwards to see a negative is because they set you up to leave the the moment you first enter that room. They set you up to be wrong if you leave. They will say that. They will say, don't go. Like, it's almost like within the first, like, 30 minutes of you sitting in some sort of a meeting. Don't go Googling this. Don't go. Don't bring that stuff about taking this to your grandma who says this is a bad idea, your dad or your mom or your friend or somebody on Reddit, like they really do that. But no, I I, I think that everything that you have talked about has has been so helpful. And I hope it was helpful for you as well. Um, now that you're out of Worldwide, what is life like now? Life's pretty great. So um, I actually got married and, and got married in Hawaii, which is really fun. Um, we did like a reception in Florida. We just bought a house. We're both like pretty set up in our jobs. He's actually in one more semester of school and then going to graduate with his degree, which I'm so proud of him. And it's the same thing that you said, like my husband is such a hard worker, but you know, he likes to play his video games, but he also pours like a lot of time into me as well. But they would have you believe like he's like not a good guy. I actually met my husband while I was a part of Worldwide and they did not like him. They did not want me to like continue talking to him. He, we were long distance. So that was even a bigger reason. They were like, why would you even want to like begin? Like, I thought you were being single. And I was like, well, I was, but like, I, I think I could actually have a beginning with him, you know? 
for them to even think they had the right. It's crazy to me, but you know, so life is life's a lot better. It's getting better and making new friends. Um, I did move to Florida. So that was really awesome. I moved in um, at the beginning of 2021 that move has been amazing it was definitely like harder even to make friends because of that move but now that I've like gotten into my zone like started really deconstructing some of these beliefs in a more healthy way than just hating myself like it's been good it was also interesting when I was in they like like I said I didn't hear about it being Amway until the very end but when I was leaving, one of the things I think that kind of also launched me out is they started getting a lot more salesy. They started getting a lot more focused on Amway and the products, which legally I think they had to do because you're not supposed to be in a recruiting business, but that's all they ever talked about was just helping people. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. Um, No, they did. You're right. It was a peep. This is a people business. This is a mentorship opportunity with a business attached. That is what I heard when I was in. And so now I, I would like to think Zay and Melody had a little bit to do with the fact that Amway had to start cracking down, um, especially with the fact that you have to have verified customer sales. But worldwide, yeah. allegedly, allegedly has their loopholes. So crazy how much they do to set you up with that. But the moment when spring leadership was on um, Zoom, and I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, what am I doing right now? Like, I had turned my camera off and um, in one of the meetings, it wasn't spring leadership, obviously, but like one of the other meetings I had turned my camera off and they were like, you, like messaging me, like, why is your camera off, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, like technical difficulties. They're like, figure it out for next time. I'm not sitting in my home for three to four hours for this guy to like yell success principles. that I've heard the same exact speech we, I, when you're prospecting, yeah, oh, you yeah. have to be at every meeting that your prospects are going to, and your prospects have to go to one meeting a week. And then you have to go to like the once, I think it's like once a month, you have like the rallies and regionals or whatever. And then you have like every three months, the big meeting. So that we're at the Coliseum. So they were actually at the Portland Coliseum. So I didn't have to travel the six hours or whatever in the hotel stay. <laughs> we just had to wake yeah. up really early. I was going to like multiple a week in the height of it, like maybe like almost every day. And then I was also like, in addition to that, having like meet and greets and one-on-ones and all these different things. Like when you guys see the schedule, every single hour of my day, starting from like 3 a.m. to like a midnight, then that, that day like was scheduled out. I was sleeping, like my sleep schedule started at three and it was like, if I could get to bed earlier, than good but and it woke up at like eight or nine every day like that's crazy that is not enough sleep and I was so tired I was so exhausted and I was only eating these products like guys when I tell you like my grocery budget trunk at one point I I was granted like getting a little bit of government help so that did help it stay like a little more healthy but my portion of it was like 30 to 40 dollars for a month and like that's, that's like crazy and I was not earning that much from the government like guys like like I I really truly wasn't because it was only a single person yeah. and I was making like a solid amount of money according to them because of DoorDash and everything so I would yeah. maybe I think my total grocery budget for the month was like a hundred dollars which is not enough. I mean, even for a single person, because you have to imagine like things are expensive and for you to actually be able to eat healthier, things are expensive, fruits, vegetables, and you need more than just one bell pepper for the whole week. Like there's so much to it. So yeah, no, I mean, we we grocery shop for a house of four. It's a lot. It is so much more than when it was just me and my me and my oldest child by ourselves, you know, and they they would always tell us too. they'd be like, hey, you need to limit your grocery budget. I'm like, no, I never I, I never did that. Because I mean, one, my child is neurodivergent. So he has like, he's picky. And and I don't even like to use the word picky, because it's not that he is. It's not that he does it on purpose. It's quite literally his um you know, neurodivergent taste. Yeah. Like if you think about a blueberry, there's like squishy and sour and, and like big and, and small, like there's all these different tastes and textures that you're getting, but when you get like a cracker, it's the same every time. So I get it. 
But no, I mean, my son would not eat those products. He hated them. He thought they were disgusting. So I wasn't going to force him to eat them. And honestly, they would stack up. I started giving them away to my roommate and she was like, I don't like these. I tried giving her vitamins and she violently threw up. So did I. So I... I didn't take vitamins. I would say I did. I would send pictures of my tackle box. I didn't take the vitamins. I, I broke out with a lot of their skincare products, but I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that. So yeah, no, the 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 level of deception, it goes so deep. Like, I, I think we could talk about this. Like, th there's never going to be a, a lack of stories. There's never going to be a lack of us talking about this. I enjoy this topic. It's hard. I know that it's not the easiest topic to talk about, but I hope that this has been helpful to you. Do you have any last thoughts that you would like to share? Maybe some things that you'd like people to know or, or what would you like to leave the people with? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on here. I think if I just have to leave you guys with something it's that just like trust your gut on stuff and you know trust talk to a lot of people if you you know even if you don't necessarily agree with their opinion that they come to or the advice that they give if you're getting multiple people's opinions on on things or like even not necessarily opinions but just talk about your opportunities with people that should not be something that has to be kept to yourself um you should I love collaboration now like um in my workspace and my personal life I love telling my friends stuff and having them to come to me with things too like you know they don't always agree with my advice for their friend or for their boyfriend whatever but at the end of the day you should have like more people to be able to have like your stream of information should never just come from one place no matter what yeah. that place is you know so um if I can give anything is that hard work putting time into yourself doing all these things is so important but allow yourself grace you know do these things in balance life is about balance and that's like the I think the biggest thing that I'm always learning is just take take balance with everything you do yeah no that was really good I love that and and everything that you said is is so so valid especially the balance part but um how can we support this movement? How can we support you and, and sharing your story? If anyone is able to just like not join or just have full information before joining this um, organization, I think that's going to be just an amazing time or experience for me. Like I obviously won't even necessarily know if someone doesn't join because of this, but I think for me, just getting this story out there, having it heard, I think it's going to be pretty powerful. Ultimately, I just feel like it'll be heard. But no, I, I love that. And um, yeah, definitely. If you hear this episode, please share it. Like if you know anybody who's saying some culty shit, just share it. They're, they might not appreciate what you have to say. They might not even listen right away. It might even take them a decade to listen, but don't give up on them. I mean, that is that is key. Um, I know that I'm grateful for the people who didn't give up on me. So, um, but no, if you guys have a story that you would like to share, please uh, DM me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. That goes for TikTok as well, xsnt.podcast. You guys can find us on Spotify. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Google Podcast, um, YouTube as well. So if you have a story to share, please let us know. You can share as much or as little as you want. Doesn't even have to be anti-MLM. It can be trauma. It can be awareness. It can be whatever it is that you would like to be heard about. Please let me know. But other than that, you guys, thank you so much again, Hannah. I really appreciate your time and we will catch everybody on the next episode. Mm -hmm.